Good morning. Good morning. Right. Uh, we're just going to wait for the first slide to come up because I'm going to talk straight about it uh, as, as we go. No, it's not coming up. Fair enough. So, day 13. How are you doing? Day 13, how are you doing? So, um, uh, as, as you may have picked up from uh, the notices, we are um, partway through uh, a 21 days of prayer and fasting at the church. And um, I, I must be very honest, I've got a very checkered history when it comes to fasting. I've made myself extremely ill on several occasions. So when, when I heard that we had this sort of 21 days of prayer and fasting, I thought, oh no. You know, I, I sort of, my, my heart dropped. I thought, how can we do this? So we got together at home and uh, we sort of worked out how we as a household were going to do it. And so, you know, fasting has to be meaningful. You, you, you can't sort of, uh, you know, uh, fast sort of um, doing up your shoelaces if all your shoes are slip-on shoes. You know, it, 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 it doesn't work. So you, you've gotta, it's got to be something that sort of actually impacts your life and, and uh, uh, has an effect on things. And so it, it's, it's been really good for us uh, that we've been able to set aside some time together to pray. And the whole idea of fasting is that it shifts our focus. And this isn't working, so I'm going to have to say click, okay? Every time I want to get you to move on. So, uh, and now this isn't working in, my, in front of me, so I can't actually see my... Yeah, here we are. Okay. Uh, I, I, fa- I found this. It doesn't look very good, does it? It doesn't work well on the slide. Uh, this is a guy called John Piper, and he says, Christian fasting, at its root, is the hunger of a homesickness for God. I thought that was great. A hunger for a homesickness for God. He, he, he's home, isn't he? Where, where are we going to go eventually? Home. You can already smell the dinner that's cooking away in your oven. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, when we leave this life, we're going to go home. We're going to go to be with him. And it's a sort of a longing for, for where we're going to get to. It's a longing for, for where um, we want to be. And, and so that, that, that is the point of fasting. It, it, it's, to, it's to get us to sort of think in a different way, to shift our perspective, uh, to get us to look to him, click. So what we need to do is to keep going. And on Tuesday, we, we had the, these verses which, which were g- given to us from Philippians. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is head, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And this whole thing about pressing on and pushing on. And day 13 is a day when you need to really sort of look ahead and not back. Uh, you know, you, you've gone over the hump. You, you've, you've gone past the sort of uh, day 11. You're, you're, you're in the homeward stretch. And we're pressing on, we're pushing forward. Uh, and it says here, heaven, call heavenward to Jesus. He is the prize. He is the one we are looking to. And, and, and that, that is the, the essence of what we're doing. We're seeking his face. We're looking to him. We want to focus on him. Because who else can change things? Who else can provide our every need? Who else can provide the comfort and the help we need day to day? Only Jesus can. And that, that is the point uh, of what we're doing here. Click. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at 15 psalms this morning. Not a glimmer 
Most people just sat there. Yeah, okay, 15 psalms. Yeah, yeah, I've got time. <laughs> 15 psalms. And they're called the Songs of Ascents. And basically what happened was that as people were going up to Jerusalem, um, so you sort of, you, you've been either going along the Jordan Valley or you've been going along the coastal plain, and then you start to hit the hills, and you start to ascend. You start to go uphill. And to sort of keep everybody going, you started to sing the songs together. And there are 15 that they chose for, for this. And, uh, and uh, they're called the Psalm of Ascent. Psalms 120 to 134, if you want to know exactly where they are. And they, they sort of build up. They build up as, as you go through. So it starts off sort of thinking about exile and oppression and, and everything being bad. By the time you get to Psalm 134, it's all about blessing and God's presence. And so you get this sort of, uh, sort of upward slope of, 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 of praise and, and worship as it goes on. Uh, click. So let's look at some sound bites here uh, of what goes on. Here's a few that I've picked out. And you'll see that some of them are quite familiar. Some of them, oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know it all, but I'm, I've heard that verse. So 120 says, I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. So even in the first one, even though it's about how bad things are, there's this sense that actually we're coming to God, and it's God who will answer, God who will make the difference. Then the next psalm starts off, and, and this is the way they knew the psalms. They didn't have numbers to the psalms in those days. They knew it by the first line, a bit like you know a song, you know, uh, by the first line. Um, uh, that's how they remember the psalms. So anyway, the, the next one's called, I lift up my eyes. Okay, So I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And there they are. They've just hit the hills. They're looking around. There's the mountains. And they think, oh, aren't they majestic? Aren't they fantastic? Aren't they wonderful? Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then on to Psalm 122. We'll, we'll skip a few verses. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And there they all are. So, so we're, going, we're going up the hill, we're going to the house of the Lord. And it's sort of everybody's sort of getting enthusiastic together. And then Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They can see it in the distance. There it is, the gleaming golden covered temple sort of shining on the top of the hill ahead of them in, in the sunlight, uh, which cannot be shaken but endures forever. And then Psalm 130, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Here, here we have these, these people, as, as, as they're sort of uh, moving up together, as they're moving on together, they're thinking, here's a God who can do the impossible. Here's the God who can do what I'm only dreaming of at the moment. Here's the God that I can trust in. And so this is what's going on. So click. So, so why, why, why are they doing this? Uh, what, what's it all about? Well, they're going uh, up uh, the, the mountain, uh, up these mountains, up to, up to the temple, because they're going to celebrate one of three uh, festivals. And uh, it was in the law that all the men had to go to the festivals every year, all three of them. So three weeks off, okay? Uh, but we know, uh, reading between the lines in Luke's Gospel, that the, the whole families went, because when Jesus sort of... Um, ended up overstaying uh, at uh, one of the festivals, and Joseph and Mary went back, we can see, all oh, right, so this is a family thing. Even the ladies went. So uh, even though it was in the law, it was just the men, it was a family thing that happened. Because Passover was a family meal. The whole family sort of gathered round, and they remembered uh, what God had done. So click, please. Um, 
And so it was all about being set free from slavery. It was all about um, how they'd been in, in Egypt and how they'd been impressed as slaves for 400 years. And then the, the plagues come to try and shift the pharaoh to let uh, everyone go. Uh, and eventually uh, the, the final plague comes. And uh, Moses warns the pharaoh that the firstborn of every person and uh, in every family and animal will die uh, when the angel of death comes over. To protect the people, they had to kill a lamb. They had to put the blood on the doorposts and the lintel of the houses. They had to eat the, the meat in haste. And they ate it with unleavened bread because there wasn't time to let the bread rise. And, uh, and then they, they were ready. And the angel of death comes over. All the Israelite uh, families are saved. Pharaoh's whole country is decimated. And he says, just go. And they celebrate this with this meal. And they sort of reenact it as, as if they're there. Okay, and uh, this was the Passover. And then uh, there's weeks, uh, and this was uh, 50 days after the uh, Passover, and it was to celebrate that after they left uh, uh, Egypt, they went to Mount Sinai, and the Torah, the law, was given to the people, so they celebrate that. It also uh, coincides with the first fruits, so it's like the, the first harvest festival. When the, where the first wheat harvest is brought in, they bring uh, their, their offerings to God. And then the third one is tabernacles. This is sort of right at the end of the summer uh, when all the, sort of, uh, all the harvest is being brought in and they remember God's provision in the wilderness. And just as they lived in tents, they spend a week living in sort of tents on the top of their houses. And if you go, say, through Stamford Hill, you see people are living out on their balconies for the week. Uh, they still, it's still, still celebrated. And so there's this, there's this whole thing of God's provision. So click. So what we have here uh, is um, a refocus on God, on what he has done. And, and that is what the people were going there to do, to remind themselves again how God had been present in their history and how he had formed them into the people that they were and how he was continuing to be the one who provided for them. So it was getting them away from the, sort of the run of the mill, getting them to refocus on God. And that's the whole point of what's going on here. But Jesus redefines everything. Click. So the Passover <coughs> coincides with uh, Easter. Easter is where Jesus sort of says, yeah, this is my body. This is my blood, the bread and the wine. He redefines the meal of the Passover. So it's all about him. It's pointing to him and his death and resurrection, what he has done for us. And so it, it comes back to Jesus and the price that he paid for us, but the redemption, the release from slavery to sin that we have and how it's transformed our lives and everything has changed. And then there's weeks, which we know as Pentecost. And, and I don't really need to say more, a bit any more about that, except that this is when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church for the first time. And so again, Jesus redefines. He says to them, wait in Jerusalem and I will send the Holy Spirit. So they, they, they sort of, they, they're sort of hanging around sort of waiting for the next festival. And as the next festival happens, boom, the Holy Spirit comes down. Their lives are totally changed. And, and uh, they're out in the streets saying, repent, be baptized, be filled with the Holy Spirit, every one of you. And, and, and that's still our message today, that people uh, uh, would come to know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, the, the, the message is this, is that he has died for you to take away your sin, to release you from the treadmill of this world. 
okay, and to set you free to have eternal life that starts right here and right now. And the way to that is to repent, to turn to him, to turn from your ways to his ways, to turn and to follow him. To be baptized. And if you don't know what baptism is, come in two weeks' time and you'll see. Okay? It, it's, it's where we say that I have died with Jesus. I rise to new life with him. And now I'm following him in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, yes, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because God does not leave you on your own. You don't have to work your way through life doing everything by your own strength, by your own ingenuity and, and, and guessing as you go. No, the Holy Spirit is there. He's with you to help you, to empower you and to guide you through life. Oh, you're not that happy. <laughs> If you want to come to know Jesus, come see one of us afterwards and, and we'll help you through that. So, click. Jesus redefines everything. It's all about him. So, there's some key elements here that we need to look at. What the people were doing was an obedient um, response. Perhaps they didn't want to take three weeks off. Perhaps they didn't want to, to go off and, and do this. And perhaps you feel the same way about fasting. You're thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. It's wrecking my week. Okay, all these extra meetings. Mm, I love donuts. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you're, you're, you're sort of fasting. But there's something about obedience. God loves a penitent and obedient heart. And when we say yes to him, there's, some, there's a power in that. There's a release in that. And, and, and people found this. The, the, the second thing is that they did it together. And you may say, well, why do we have to come to these meetings? Well... Because there's, there's, there's something about coming together. I don't know what it is, but there's something about coming together. And, and, and the fact that it's all the way through the Bible that coming together was important tells us there's something important about this. Gathering together. And it was a journey. And, and this, you know, 21 days is a journey. Um, uh, and, and, you know, uh, there, there are times when, uh, you know, the thing that I'm fasting, I sort of come up against it. And I think, oh, I really want to do that. I really want to do that. And, th and then, you know, you get, you, get, you get over it very quickly, you know. But it's a journey. But the focus for them was God. It's focusing, and, and that's what we need to be doing. It's focusing in on him. The focus is not the food or the lack of it. The focus is not the meetings. The focus is him. That, he is the one that we need to be casting our minds back to uh, at every point during the day. And there's also, as we, we saw from these psalms of the sense, there's an expectation God's going to do something. A growing expectation as they're going up the hill. So they're expecting more and more and more to happen. So we're just going to look very quickly at one of the psalms. And here it is. It's Psalm 133. A song of the sense of David. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Click. And we're going to just look at four things in particular. How, how it's good and pleasant, looking at the oil, looking at the dew, and looking at the blessing. So click. First of all, we're going to look at how good and pleasant it is. So how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. And um, uh, over the years, I, 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 I've just loved sort of getting involved in unity things. Um, when we lived in Harangay, we were part of uh, uh, 
a group called Pray Harringay, and we used to meet every Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock to pray. Oh, you think 21 days of prayer and fasting is difficult. Getting up, you know, every Wednesday to pray at 6. That, that, you know, there, there, were, there were times down the years when I thought, what am I doing this for? They, all meet, they meet on Zoom now. They don't get out of their beds anymore. They just sit there and do it on Zoom. You know? I don't think it's quite the same. But anyway, people said to me, what, what, why? What, what, what's the point of this? And I, I, I didn't have an answer. And then I got an answer. Uh, God sort of gave me this, this picture here that you can see of a, wi- a bottle of wine, a good wine. And he said, the, the time and the effort that goes into making a good wine, it takes years and years and years. There's, there's the growing, there's the, the harvesting, there's the treading, there's the uh, fermentation, uh, then it's putting it in the casks, then it's putting it in the bottles and laying down the bottles. It takes years to get a really good wine. And unity is hard, hard graft. But it's like drinking the wine at the end. It's beautiful. It, 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 it's got a wonderful taste to it. If you don't drink, just think of your favourite drink. Tea, coffee, you know, whatever. You know, and just, just the, the process of getting the, from the beans all the way through the sort of uh, the drying it out and then the roasting and, and everything else and selecting all the different beans, putting them together and then making the perfect blend. It takes time. It takes effort. But the taste is great. And that makes it worthwhile because you push through, because you could push through. And unity is good. Unity is pleasant. Not the process of it may be, but the outcome is brilliant. The outcome is great. So there's unity. And uh, click. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. And so this is, this is taking them back to when the first high priest was anointed, when Moses anointed his brother Aaron as the first high priest, and the oil going down uh, over, over his turban, down his face, over the beard, dripping down, even going down the collar, maybe even going down his robes, right down uh, onto his feet. Different people sort of say it means different things in different ways. But... The, the thing here is that the, the, the point of it is that it sanctified the, holy pr- the, the high priest, so he became holy. The oil being poured on sort of was a sign that God's holiness was touching him. So he could be the person who was the uh, connection between God and man because he was holy. Now, when you look at anything else in the law, in the Old Testament, when somebody who was sort of, you know, had some horrible disease touched somebody else who didn't, all of a sudden the horrible disease went from one person to the next, just like that. Okay, this works in the opposite direction. And when Jesus comes, we see the same thing happen. So Jesus would, Jesus would come up to, to somebody, Jesus would come up to somebody, and they sort of had this horrible disease, and he put his hand, no, no, you're Jesus. Okay, <laughs> put his hand on them. Thank you. Great. Okay. Totally healed. Totally healed. It worked the other way. Okay. And this is talking about things working the other way. This is talking about what God is sort of pouring down, actually having this healing, transforming impact on the ones that it touches. Now, now this, this oil, it, 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 nobody was allowed to make it. It was forbidden. If you made it, you were kicked out of the country. 
if, 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 you, if you used it for anything else, you, you were suitably sort of excluded from, from God's people. That, that's it, you were gone. It was so special. And, and, and this stuff, it, it, when, you, when you read it, it's uh, a 40 to 1 uh, ratio. 40% solids, 1%, 1, 1 oil. How can you, you know, if you put loads of stuff in, it's just going to be sludge. So what they used to do, apparently, they used to sort of pour the oil through the, the myrrh and, and, and everything else. Uh, and, and it's used to get through and then it's sort of in the pot at the bottom. And then they start put it through more and then through more and then through more and then through more. So this stuff, when it was poured out, it stank. It, you know, the, 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 the aroma just filled the place. You could be, you could be at the other end of, the, of, of you know, the street and you could smell if somebody was getting anointed up there. That was the impact. This is what God's up to. He's, you know, when it says here how, uh, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. It's like that. The smell... You can hear it smell it everywhere. So if, if we're wanting God to pour out his oil on us here as we sort of dedicate ourselves to him and to doing it together, the whole of Enfield's going to get whiff of this. Yeah? That's what it's saying here. That is, is, is what, what we're, we're trying to see here. And we're not meeting to pray and to fast just to pass the time, just because it's a fun idea. Or not a fun idea. Just, just because it's an idea that somebody's had. Yes, there is a, an element where it is somebody's idea. And, you know, as, as people in the church, we decide to be obedient to that and to go with that. But we do it because we believe there's an outcome that's beyond our wildest dreams. That's going to have an impact far wider the, the, than we, we can really sort of imagine. That is the point of this. And, and, and then, then David sort of says, oh, no, what else, what else, what else, what else can I think of? Ah, yes. He says, it's as if the dew that's falling on Hermon actually starts falling on Zion. Uh, and and we, we, we sort of looked a bit at this at Christmas. Oh, click. Okay. We looked a bit of, uh, at this at Christmas. There's Mount Hermon. It's, it's the, the mountain just to the uh, right of the writing there. Okay. And uh, as you can see, it's snow-capped. And we, at Christmas, we looked at the fact that uh, this, is, this is like the powerhouse for the, the for, for the whole of, of of Israel, this is the sort of place where the River Jordan starts. So that the water sort of go, moves from the mountain where it's, it's snow capped. So it's sort of like this continual sort of uh, slow release of, of of water all year round. Okay, and it sort of spreads out into the rest of the country, and and it sort of means that there's there's fruitfulness and things grow and things work. And, uh, you know, when this was written, it was an agricultural uh, economy. They, dis they, they needed things to grow, to live. Uh, and so Hermon was a place where, where all the water came from that flowed down into Galilee, flowed down the Jordan River, uh, all the way down, and, and therefore was sort of allowing the whole of the land to be fruitful and, and everything to happen. And so because it's cold, you're always going to get dew there. As well as rain, you get dew. It's, it's constantly happening. It's happening all the time. Uh, you know, the, the place is always a bit damp as, as you move up to the top. And so what, what David's saying here, it's as if that is happening on Zion. And Zion's this little, little sort of dusty sort of hill uh, down in the south. It's, it's completely different in, in, the, in the way that it looks. 
and but Zion is sort of the place where God's people meet. It, it's it's sort of a it's a sort of a, a shorthand for God's people, right? So what David's saying, it's as if what's happening there will happen here. So it's it's sort of like as if sort of this this constant sort of pouring out that's happening here actually happens here. It's as if, you know, the last one was sort of saying, when, when this happens, everybody will get a whiff of it. This is sort of, sort of turning it around slightly and saying, when we start doing it, God will actually pour out his spirit here. He'll, the water will come here. The dew will be here. God's presence will be here on us. So it's going to affect the area, but it's going to impact us. The two things are happening uh, side by side. And so what we do is we get the blessing, click. And the interesting thing is, is that the, the, the blessing is constantly coming down. So I, I've highlighted some poured, running down, running down, down, falling. The presence is, is nothing to do with us in a way. We're just being obedient. We're just saying, right, God, yes, you, you, we'll do it. But it's all about him. It's him who is, at, he is the source of our blessing. He is the one who is giving. It's him. It's all about Jesus. Just as he redefined the three festivals and said, but actually they're all about me. You know, this is all about him. This is all about him. He is the one who blesses. He is the one who pours down. We need to be looking to him. So, just to close, click. One last thing. It's not too late. It's not too late. So, if you've had a really busy two weeks, great. Okay, we, we all have busy weeks. Uh, as you can tell, I've got a busy week ahead as well. Um, but anyway, what I'm saying is it, it's not too late. If, if you have sort of uh, a bit like me, you know, you, you think fasting's not my, not my thing. Um, but you, you, you sort of, you still haven't got to that stage. Well, have a go, do it. Just, just be obedient. Just join in. Just, just, just for the last, you know, nine days, give it a go. And, and if, if you can't do food, do something else. Because I'm not doing food because it almost killed me. Okay, so I'm doing something else. Uh, and, and it's, and even that's difficult. But you know, it's good. So get involved. Do something to fast. The second thing I'd say is choose to come. Look at your diary and say, well, just for this week, I won't do this and I won't do that. I'll come. Oh, it's gone. Okay, it did say 8 o'clock. Okay, um, and uh, it's 8 o'clock here every evening. Uh, there will be somebody else. There's always one other person. I won't tell you who that is, but there's always one other person. Okay? There's, no, there's more than one other person. There's always been a room full. Okay? And so give it a go with the fasting. Try and set some time aside. The, the third thing that we, Martin asked us to do way back um, in sort of a day one, as it were, is work out where you want to see a breakthrough. In, 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 in not, not, not in the world, maybe. Uh, you, know, you could do that. You know, if, if your breakthrough is the war in Ukraine will end this week, then pray it. That's great. Go for it. But I think Martin was asking us to think about things in our family, in our lives, in, in our situations where we need to see breakthrough. And uh, already we're starting to see that God 
is answering our prayers and God is doing stuff in this area. So choose to pray. Choose to pray that God will bring breakthrough. And as we pray together, I'm sure, we, you know, as, as it ends, we will have so many stories to share with one another. And be expectant. Be expectant. You know, he's a, he's a God of mercy and he, he, he wants to do stuff. He, he really, he, in fact, he wants to answer your prayers more than you do. Isn't that wonderful? It's, 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 a bit, it's a bit like a kid sort of at Christmas and they're dying for their present. But their parents are ten times more excited waiting to see the reaction of their child as they receive the present. And, and so be expectant that God is going to do something. God is going to be at work. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you that uh, it, it, it really does give us the big picture. Uh, we thank you for, as, as we've said, heard already, about its variety um, uh, and, and how you, you've created a book that actually speaks to all of us, which is quite amazing. Uh, and Lord God, we, we thank you that you've called us to this time of prayer and fasting. Uh, it's not easy and perhaps we don't choose it. Uh, but Lord God, you've given it to us. And so Lord, we receive it and we go with it. And Lord God, we thank you that you're opening our eyes to see what happens when we choose to obediently do what you call us to do. Lord God, we pray this week that we would do this together. Lord, for any who are struggling uh, in this area, Lord, give them grace, uh, give them courage and uh, uh, give them that, that extra bit of encouragement to keep going, Lord God. And uh, we, we pray that as we gather together, as we make time to be together, so we will know your presence in greater, deeper, more wonderful ways. Lord God, we, we pray again that we would see breakthrough time and time again in our lives, in the lives of our families, in the lives of our friends. And uh, Lord God, we pray that as we are expectant, as we are full of anticipation, Lord God, you will be true to your character and that you will not disappoint. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.